You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Not by fashion or passing trend, nor by my standing with foe or friend. Not by whim or sweet-toothed appetite, nor by what others tell me is right. Not by what I think I would gain, nor by how best to avoid the risk of pain. I will not be controlled by any of these, but with my spirit-filled self when I'm on my knees. Hey church, today we're reading from Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 to 26. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Great, so... Self-control, the last episode in the series Fruit of the Spirit. It's been a great series so far. I've really enjoyed it and I'm privileged just to do this last one and bring it home. So as you've heard earlier, Galatians 5 contrasts these fruits of the Spirit with the works of the flesh. And self-control could be contrasted with the works of sexual immorality, idolatry, fits of rage and Many may say, well, that's way out there. That's nothing to do with us. But we can actually see an outworking of a lack of self-control in other ways. Perhaps in actions, road rage, if you're driving around in London, it's easy to see. With what's said in arguments between friends or family. Uh, Gone too far, maybe? Regret what's been said? Or maybe online in Twitter. Maybe things shouldn't have been said. A little bit of sniping here. Some gossiping there where you didn't help yourself. Or just simply laying waste of another person's reputation. And things are often typical as I couldn't help myself. And all of these things are perhaps lacking self-control. I remember that program. Pete reflected on that last week. Hulk. And... uh, The doctor, Dave, Robert Banner, I think his name was, he was a meek and uh, very humble kind of guy. And then something would happen that would place him under emotional stress. And he would say, don't make me angry, don't make me angry. And he would turn into this big hulk. Because he lost it. He lost self-control. How often are we like that? Or maybe perhaps it's in lifestyle. You have negative habits, patterns, addictions even. Maybe it's consumerism. You're consistently buying more than you can afford. 
in your pursuit of ambitions, and ambition is pure in itself. But when taken to an extreme, perhaps it's out of control. And you may say, well, I've always been this way. I've always done that. I can't change. Is that your lifestyle out of control? Proverbs 23, 19 to 35 describes behaviours and lifestyles of an uncontrolled life. It's really very interesting to read through Proverbs 23, 19 to 35. Towards the end, it talks about a lack of self-control leading to woe, sorrow and strife. It can destroy a person's life, bringing them from the top of their success to ruins in moments. Self-control is saying no. Saying no to your own impulses. And in the old days, you used to say, say no to the world, the flesh and the devil. And all those temptations and impulses that they bring. But self-control here is more than self-mastery. It's more than self-discipline. It's more than restraint. It's a fruit of the spirit. As such, it is rooted and is a spiritual root that we have that we then bear fruit from. It is an outcome of the indwelling Holy Spirit that is in a believer's life. It's a natural and gradual and inevitable fruit that can be evident by others when we have a transformed and transforming life. Let's break that down a little bit. When we become Christians, we receive the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You can also read more about this in 1 Corinthians 3.16 and in Romans 8 verses 9. So then we are to cooperate and be led by the indwelling Holy Spirit who is in us. So we are more like Jesus. So we do the works of Jesus and that we bear fruit in our lives, in our character and in our deeds. You know, Paul writes about the fellowship of the Spirit. He writes about being led by the Spirit. He talks about walking with the Spirit. This is the sensitivity and the hearing and the obedience to the Holy Spirit. That inner voice that's there, that speaks to us, that guides us, that tells us right and wrong, that conflicts and argues with us. Because, as was read earlier, the spirit and the flesh are in conflict, are contrary to one another. So the Holy Spirit leads us in the path of righteousness against and above our own desires, ambitions, choices and paths. Where we choose to obey and cooperate with the Holy Spirit, that is where we are led by the Holy Spirit. When we choose the leadership of the Holy Spirit, that's where the Lordship of Christ comes in over our lives. And therefore we restrain and we subdue the flesh and we grow in obedience and we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. So it's an expectation of every believer and church leader 
that we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit called self-control is to be evident. Let me read you a few scriptures. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. 1 Timothy 3, 2 and 3 says, Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-control, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, as we heard last week, not quarrelsome. Contrast that with a society that follows its own desires and throws itself, throws off self-control. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 4, it gives us an example. It says there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. You can read on there. Having this self-control in, uh, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit makes you and I a winner. It changes potential disaster to a great reward. Proverbs 16.32 says this, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. As I mentioned, this self-control isn't about listening to the last TED talk, about buying another self-improvement book, about flagellating ourselves until we get better. This is greater and deeper and qualitatively a spiritual dimension which we cannot do by ourselves. In fact, self-control is impossible unless God is in control. Moving on top of our lifestyle, our actions, conquering ourselves and spiritual temptation is beyond any of us without the indwelling Holy Spirit. It is he who empowers us and enables us, who leads us and guides us, who encourages us and comforts us. And when we cooperate with him, when we do not ignore him, when we seek to nourish our relationship with him, by Bible reading with an open ear, by prayer, through godly conversation, through good company, through additional incremental right choices, we are able, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, to grow and in cooperation to, with the Holy Spirit to bear fruit, even this fruit of self-control. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For the Spirit of God gave us the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. That's the first and primary way of going forward. But there's also a second, and I'll close on this point. The second point is this. We need to retain perspective and priority. We need to focus on the eternal prize the end goal 
And by focusing on the prize, it allows us to have a very clear view of the present because we can prioritize the prize over the moment. We can see distraction and diversion for what it is, which is defeat and diluting success and reward. Distraction and diversion, a lack of self-control can undo all that you and I have done to date and depose us from the achievements and the rewards that we have stored up. Therefore, therefore, it's important to run the race to win. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 says this, Run in such a way as to get the prize. Every athlete exercises self-control in all ways. They do it to receive a perishable crown, a prize that will fade away. But we do it for a crown that is imperishable and an eternal prize. May we all run this race to win and grow in the fruits of the Spirit. God bless.